Well, I can't think of a better way to go into the new year than participating in communion and remembering the great sacrifice that Jesus made for us. So we're going to participate in communion this morning, and we'll distribute the elements in a few moments. But before we do that, let me give you a few thoughts from God's word and a challenge for all of us as Christians as we go into this new year. Father, I pray your blessing upon this time now. I pray that you would speak through your word. Lord, we go into this next year hopeful because we know you're in charge. Lord, we also want to go into this new year with a purpose of heart, with a plan. with the desire to know you better, serve you better, and represent you better. Speak to us in a clear way. In Jesus' name, amen. I love going into a new year. I love the the new slate, the turning the chapter, and I think it's important to make resolutions, to set goals. And to do it for all those different things in life, physical health, your career, uh, different ways that you want to improve. But I think it's most important for us as Christians to be concerned with spiritual health and to make spiritual resolutions. And I, I think we should do that intentionally. And I'd like for us to do that intentionally this morning. What does God want from you? this year what is God's will for your life this year well consider a verse in the New Testament this morning that tells us exactly what God's will is for us this is the will of God your sanctification that's God's will for your life your sanctification That you would be sanctified. So that should be a primary resolution for your life this year. And every year actually. Sanctification. So we're to be sanctified, alright? What does that word mean? It's a fancy Christian theological sounding word. Well, it comes from a Greek word. In the New Testament, hagios, it's a very popular, frequently used word in the New Testament. You find it almost 300 times. And it's translated different ways. It's translated sanctification. It's translated as holiness, consecration. It speaks of a holy one. It speaks of a saint. It's translated as saint in the New Testament. And the action... It's a word that means be sanctified, be holy, be sacred, be consecrated. The basic root of the word is to be separated, to be set apart, to be set apart from that which is common unto something that is great. To be set apart as Christians, 
from the world unto God. And those who are set apart from the world unto God are holy. They're sacred. They're consecrated. So God's will for us as Christians this year is to be set apart unto him. To be holy. To be sanctified. To be consecrated unto him. Now, in the Bible, this word sanctification, as it relates to Christians, is used in three tenses. All three tenses. There's a past sanctification for you as a Christian. Then there's a present sanctification for you now. And there's a future sanctification for you. First, the past. Listen to how Paul refers to some Christians that he's writing to at a church. He says, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. Speaking to Christians, those who are sanctified. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he says, some of, such were some of you. In the previous verses, they lived a sinful life, but he says, such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Hebrews 10. By that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of of Christ Jesus once for all. So if you are a born-again Christian, you have been sanctified. You have been set apart. You have been made holy before God. And when did that happen? It happened at the moment of your conversion. The moment that you heard the gospel message, the moment that you learned that we're sinful and our sin separates us from God and deserves judgment, but we found out about what Jesus did at the cross, how he took the punishment for us, he died for our sins and rose again the third day, and we placed our faith and trust in him, at that moment, you were sanctified. So if you put your faith in Jesus Christ yesterday, yesterday you were sanctified. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ 15 years ago, 15 years ago, you were sanctified. Set apart. Made perfectly righteous. Holy in Christ Jesus. Now, sanctification in the past, theologians like to speak of it from a positional status. This is your position before God. Positionally, before God, you are sanctified. It's not that you're holy all the time, every day, even in your walk in life as a Christian, but positionally, in Christ Jesus, you are considered holy. 
Another way to think about this is what uh, is the moment you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord, you are saved that moment from the penalty of sin. All sins have been forgiven. You're saved from that. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, spectacular miracles happen. I mean, the way the Bible talks about it, you are justified the moment you give your life to Jesus Christ, meaning you are declared righteous, you are born again, you become a brand new creation, you're given a new nature, you are joined with Christ in his death and resurrection, you are redeemed out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You become someone who is in Christ Jesus. The Bible also says that at that very moment you receive Christ, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in your life. Your body becomes a temple of the Holy Spirit. This thing that God does in a person's life when they receive Jesus is miraculous. What miracles God has done in our lives through faith in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for you. That's you. If you're a born-again Christian, you are sanctified in the past. But the sanctification process also happens in the present. So, We go on and we find out in Hebrews chapter 10, for by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. 1 Peter chapter 1, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy. Be sanctified in all your conduct. Hebrews 12. Pursue peace with people and what? Pursue holiness. There's a present tense to sanctification in the life of every single believer. And I believe that that is what Paul is speaking about in this verse. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. So understand something. If you're a born-again Christian, you are being sanctified you are in a process by which you're becoming more sanctified by which you're becoming more holy now this process happens at the moment of conversion you enter into this process of practical sanctification and this is a process that will continue in your life till the last breath you take on planet earth listen conversion is not the end of the story a lot of Christians think well I'll just get saved and that's it no that's just the beginning you get saved and your whole life changes and is transformed and you begin this process of sanctification so this is progressive this is experiential 
in, in this tense of sanctification, you're being saved from the power of sin. When you gave your life to Christ, you were saved from the penalty of sin. In the present, you're being saved day by day from the power of sin. The idea is that you're becoming more holy. You're becoming more like Christ. And here's what I really want to stress to you on this Sunday before we go into the new years. This present tense sanctification absolutely requires cooperation. My brother and sister in Christ, it requires your effort. It requires commitment. As Christians, we are to pursue holy lives. And that means something. If you call yourself a born-again Christian, you are not to live like the world. You are to pursue a holy lifestyle. That should matter. So that means that you need to be making wise choices as you live your life in this coming year. The Bible says we're not to be drunks. We're not to be involved in revelry, sexual immorality. You're not to lie, steal, cheat. Get angry with people in a sinful way. Treat your spouse terribly. No, we are to to move forward and pursue a life of holiness. And so I I want you to think about places and and people that you're tempted with in your life and make decisions. You know, if you struggle with alcohol, why watch the football game at the bar? Duh, right? Why? If you struggle with lust, what are you watching? If there's that group around you that has a bad influence on you, listen, you might want to think about changing friends. It's very, very important that you participate in this process by which God is making you more and more like Jesus Christ day by day by day. It's important. This also means that we would be committed and dedicated to growing spiritually, becoming more mature spiritually. You know, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, it's an amazing thing. You are sanctified, all of that, but you start as a babe. And Christian life is one of growth and maturity. And you should be committed to growing. And Jesus says something wonderful for us in John 17, 17. This is his prayer, his high priestly prayer for his people. He says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. The Bible is truth. God's word is truth. Romans 12 Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, this is something we hammer all the time. 
But if you're going to grow, if you're going to be a part of the sanctification process, then you must stick to reading your Bible, studying it on your own. There's no other way. Make Bible reading a part of your life. Prayer. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So this is something we've talked about. These are disciplines in our lives that never go away. If you want to grow, spend regular time with Jesus Christ, reading through the Bible, spending time in prayer. And that takes effort. And you should do it. And you say, well, I read through the Bible last year. Start at Genesis 1-1 tomorrow. You are a lifelong student of God's word. Till the day you take your last breath. And I promise you, if you've never, ever as a Christian, started consistently reading the Bible for yourself, if you do that, you will see miracles in your life. You will see an explosion in your maturity. And if you spend that time with God in prayer, another basic discipline for Christians is fellowship. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day Approaching, So you have Bible reading, prayer, your time with the Lord, and then your time with, with God's people. And investing in God's people. And I just went through a whole list of the ways you can get involved at church. Getting to know one another. Surround yourselves with men and women of God who will spur you on to love and good deeds. So... It requires cooperation. It requires you making these choices and how you're going to spend your time. Christianity is not passive. It's active. One of my heroes in the faith, Johnny Erickson Tata, who at the age of 17 was paralyzed from the shoulders down when she took a dive in shallow waters, She's been serving Christ ever since, even though paralyzed from the shoulders down. She's now approaching her 70s. Her philosophy for the Christian life. There is simply no room for passivity in the Christian faith. Life in Christ is one long string of action verbs. Grow, praise, love, learn, stretch, reach, put on, put off, press on, follow, hold, cleave, run, Weep, produce, stand, fight, says the woman who's been paralyzed for 50 plus years and has written 25 Christian books, been a part of different um, documentaries, started her own ministry called Johnny and Friends, which targets and helps Christians going through disabilities. This woman learned how to paint with a paintbrush in her mouth. That's not sitting around. And if anybody had any excuse to sit around, it would be her. Be active. 
It requires cooperation. But here's the thing. This part of sanctification is not just all you. In fact, it can't be all you. It's miraculous. It's miraculous. It's miraculous. God has transformed your life. My friend, listen, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And Jesus says to his disciples and to us this morning, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Christianity is not a religion that you sign up for. Christianity is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that costs Jesus a whole lot for you to have. And you get to abide in him. You get to, you get to know him. All that talk about Bible reading and prayer, that's not a religious thing that you check. That's part of your nurturing of your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Walk with Jesus this year. Spend time with him. Have you noticed that the longer you spend time with someone, the more you start talking like them, behaving like them? How married couples, they sound exactly alike. The more time, personal, one-on-one time, you'll spend with Jesus, the more you'll be like him. The more he'll shine in you. And then don't forget the incredible truth that you're a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God lives in you. And Paul says, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. That language implies a day-by-day, almost a moment-by-moment dependence upon the Holy Spirit of God. Living inside you as a Christian. So it is miraculous. God isn't asking you to do all this in your own strength. In fact, if you try to do it in your own strength, you'll get frustrated. It's a dependence, it's a clinging to Jesus. Andrew Murray said, may not a single moment of my life be spent outside the light, love, and joy of God's presence. And not a moment without the entire surrender of myself as a vessel for him to fill full of his spirit and his love. Boy, could you, can, you, can we bring that attitude with us into 2024? We want to depend upon Christ daily, moment by moment. We want to pros, uh, participate and cooperate in that incredible process. It's miraculous. It both requires your effort and it's miraculous. And by the way, it's worth it. The reasons are so great. The life of sanctification will be a joy for you. It's the right way to live. You know, there are people that say holiness and sanctification and all of that. It's so boring. 
Maybe you've met a lot of people who are holy and they walk around like this. That's not holiness. That's not holiness. The life of sanctification is one of joy, peace, safety. C.S. Lewis, I love him. He said, how little people know who think that holiness is dull. When one meets the real thing, it's irresistible. My friends, listen, holiness and sanctification is irresistible. It'll change your life. You'll have a joy. Now see, this world, you know, with all the carrots, pursue this, it says, pursue this, and you'll love it. It'll just be awesome, and and it'll be, you know, so satisfying. And so people run around, and they chase everything that this world, and it might be really fun and cool and give you a little buzz for a while. But there's only one thing that will truly fulfill your life, and that is living for God. All out. And here's the thing, when you, when you surrender your life to him and you give him every area, it, it's not like God's up there to say, oh, let me see how boring I can make life for them. I'll tell you what, there came a moment in my life where I finally, I turned everything over and I've been living an adventure ever since. God's done things in my life that I never even dreamed of. By the way, when you're participating in that sanctification process, it's the best thing for your loved ones. Listen, guys. Your wife needs a sanctified husband. Gals, your husband needs a sanctified wife. You want to be the best husband and father, the best mother and wife, the best friend, the best brother, the best sister, the best version of you to all the people in your life, be sanctified. Be sanctified. Be participating in that. Grow spiritually. Be that man of God who's depending upon the Holy Spirit. That woman of God who's depending upon the Holy Spirit, who's growing day by day. And by the way, it's important for you to do this as well because it'll make you the best witness you can possibly be for Jesus Christ. Because it will change your life. The way you live will shine. Others will take notice and you'll be able to share Jesus with others. The sanctification process in the present. And then, there's a future sanctification. Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved, what? Blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a future sanctification. The idea is then that time you will be fully sanctified. It will be the ultimate sanctification in the final sense. In the past, you were saved from the penalty of sin. In the present, you're being saved from the power of sin in your life. 
In the future, you'll be safe from the present of sin. You'll be given a brand new body. You'll be blameless. You will go into a kingdom age. Can you imagine no sin? That is the ultimate sanctification. So please see how all of this goes together. If you're a born-again Christian, you were saved. You were sanctified in the past. You become an amazing miracle. If you're a born-again Christian, you are being sanctified right now. That is, practically speaking, day by day, you should be cooperating with God. And in the future, you will be fully sanctified. So let me put that verse back up again. This is the will of God for you. Your sanctification. And speak of all the motivation that we can have to do that. God has this bright future. God has these wonderful things planned in your life if you will cooperate with him now. And the miracle that God did when you gave your life to him and he changed your life, let all that motivate you. Let it Let it set you on fire. So you go forward into this year. And please never forget what made all of that possible. Let that motivate you. God sent his son who left heaven, became man went to a cross and bore our sin, died in our place, rose again the third day. And because of his great sacrifice, we have access to sanctification. Where would we be without Jesus? Where would the human race be? Is there any hope? In just a few moments, you're going to be holding these elements in your hands. The the juice and, and the wafer that represent, literally, they represent the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Your Lord died for you, paid the price for you, to sanctify you. So be sanctified. The price was paid for that. Be fully cooperative in every stage. Would you bow your heads with me and let's turn the lights low. and Let's have those who are going to help me distribute come forward. moment for us at this church those of us gathered here we're about to go into a brand new year 
please remember what Jesus did for you. Please remember what Jesus wants to accomplish in and through you. I think all of us as Christians should rededicate our lives every time we sit at the communion table. So you be thankful. You spend some time thanking the Lord and maybe some of you need to return to the Lord this morning. Do it. He'll take you back. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed, I I must ask, are you sanctified? Have you been born again? Have you had that miracle of conversion happen in your life? Has the process of sanctification began in you? It starts with a miracle of God in your life. Where you place your faith and trust in Jesus who died for you, you put your faith in Christ and you will become a new person in the eyes of God. A child of God. The Holy Spirit will take up residence in your life and you will begin to grow. But have you received Christ? Do that right now before we partake of these elements. If that's you, just in the quietness of your heart, right there, you make that surrender. Say, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I am a sinner, I have made lots of messes. But thank you for dying on the cross for my sins and wash them clean. Make me brand new. Make me one of yours. Fill me with your spirit. Set me apart unto you. I'm yours. Take me. We're going to distribute these elements. As the trays come by, you're going to get two cups. You have two stacked cups, wafer on the bottom, juice on the top. Grab them, hold them, we'll all partake together as a body, okay? And as, 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 as we're handing it out and they're playing a song, worship. And thank him, and praise him, and talk with your Lord. Return to him. Worship him.
Let it be known to everyone here. The blood of Christ washes away all sin. We have a Savior who paid the ultimate price. Whatever sin that you've committed, maybe it's one that you're just broken about and you haven't been able listen, the blood of Jesus washes away all sin. You give your life to Jesus Christ, you're sanctified. And then Jesus wants to do things in your life. And you hold on to him. And because of what he did for you, be motivated to serve him. And then think of the great future. Think of what he has in store. Let's take that wafer. Jesus told us to remember his sacrifice. He told the church to get together regularly and remember that his body was broken and that his blood was shed, that the ultimate sacrifice was paid. And we proclaim this as we partake. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Amen. Are you ready for 2024? Let's go into this year committed to Christ. Amen. Let's be witnesses for him. You know, there's a lot of crazy things that can happen in this next year. And I do believe we're living in dark times. But let's go into this next year shining our lights bright. Let's stand. We'll close with a song.